This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. There are pretenders among us, people who have mastered their ability to hide their pain, failures, struggles, and inadequacies in life. People who have the ability to mask their imperfections through material wealth and careers. In the last 20 years, social media has exploded and incubated these pretenders to grow in number and attitude. But one day in 2016, one of these pretenders broke away. This is his story. Hi and welcome to the show. My name is Jay and this is the Pretender Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to listen to the latest episode of the Pretender Podcast on the AfriPods network right here in Africa. You can also listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Pods or anywhere you're catching your podcast from. Today I talked to a good friend of mine, Jonathan, about his unique journey from a nothing to someone who has become a content creator, musician, and has big plans to share his lessons via an academy. He has lived the real life, and I thought you'd enjoy listening to him as much as I did. Enjoy. Are we still? Yeah, we are on. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you. I appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh... It's been a, a marathon trying to get you here. I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, but before we get right into it, let me do a, a, a an intro for you so that my listeners can kind of um, hear a bit more about you. Yeah. Uh, so here goes. Uh, Jonathan is founder of The Real Life Show on YouTube, a show which hosts different personalities in Zambia willing to share their journeys. He covers people from pilots to musicians, comedians, entrepreneurs, politicians, and preachers. The last part is important because we are believers, so yeah, we gotta have yeah, those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jonathan talks to them all. Um, Jonathan has an amazing story, and that's why I really wanted him here. He has an inspiring real life experience uh, of determination, which he worked his way from someone who was going nowhere to someone who has a real destination. And he's really pretty close to it right now. Yeah. <laughs> he's a banker when not making his YouTube show and a gym rat of sorts. I just got him right now coming from the I'm gym. From the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to come and share a story with I'm, me. I'm happy to be here, man. Um, I'm humbled. Yeah, I'm humbled because most of the time it's, it's me. On, in your seat, right? right? Talking to people most of the time. Yeah. But it's humbling when someone says, oh, okay, I'd love to... I'm, I'm interested in what this guy is doing. What is him? Why is he doing that? Okay, come and talk to me about it. So yeah, it's, it's a humbling moment for me. It's great. Uh, I mean, um, I think it's two years... Uh, three years, actually. That's when we first met. And yeah. um, I think one of the things that caught my attention... I mean, you, you come into the bank every single time. Yeah. But... When you meet someone, first of all, the service, the professionalism, and then there's this thing about when you meet someone, you can't really put a finger on it, but you can tell there's something special about them. And I think you emanate that. Oh. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we got talking a lot and, yeah. um, you, you were kind of interested in the stuff I was doing. Yeah. Um, and then 
every time I'd come to the bank, I would make sure I'd come to your slot. Yeah, just, just come and see me. I'm a special guy. I'm that special guy who gives special service to people. It's personalized, customized. Yeah, uh, amazing. Um, and, and so, some, uh, one thing led to another and we yeah. were like, can we do business? We got into business. Yes, yeah. we did. Margin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Margin Solutions. So, Margin was a construction company. Yeah. That was our goal at the time because yeah. I was doubling into construction. That was your field, man. That, yeah, it was. You were a master of that stuff. Yeah, I was doing a lot. It pushed me for a while. But, yeah. uh, and we opened Margin. Yeah. Do you know it's still alive? I do. I, I have an I, idea. It's a lot. I'm not sure about the tax, man. Obviously, obviously the, the business for I, I do the returns. Oh, really? 100%. It's up to date with returns. We may be behind the pack rub, but um, I, I kept it alive because even though I've walked out of construction, I feel like at some point it may be useful for you as well. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. you don't have to open a no, <laughs> another no. company. Yeah, that's whatsoever. True. That's true. So, but but what's the the way forward with Martin? For you, what uh, obviously you've so, done a lot more things right now, and we're gonna yeah. get into that. But yeah, uh, what do you figure you wanna do with it? Yeah, that's true. Uh, so for me, one of my belief systems is that we're not built to be a single something. You know, God has embedded in us a lot of things. So you can be a musician, you can be a comedian, you can be a lot of things at once. So for me. Uh, I know that stuff is at the back of my mind, but I haven't thrown it away because I know one day I'll get into real estate and I'll still need it. So um, it's it's capital intensive, and I'm I'm building from one project to the other. I don't want to be known for one thing. I want to be known for a lot of things. So I think construction is one of those things that I'll probably do when I make. A little bit of some <laughs> millions. <laughs> a little bit of some millions. Yeah, for sure. so we'll come back to it. Okay. And, and, and thank you that you, you haven't allowed it to die. You know, you're still keeping it alive. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought we should keep it alive. But you must know it doesn't cost me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Apart no, from no. the time to do the return. So a- that exactly. Don't... <laughs> That's one thing I've got to do, man. So I've felt to look at the papers because I'm scared all the time. And I'm also ashamed to just, you know, give zero returns. <laughs> no, it's... But, but you are courageous. You are able to return zero. So, yeah, I've, I've, so I've, I respect I've, you for that. I've been down in the deeps. I understand. Um, and, you know, keeping a track record is whether you're putting zero returns or not, that yeah. documentation becomes important because it's, it's, it's commitment. So yes. I'm keeping it alive for you because I know you're going to get there. Uh, 100%. Appreciate, uh, appreciate, yeah, I'll, I'll be on it 100. <laughs> okay, let's, let's get right into it now. Yeah. One of your quotes, uh, <clears throat> I do a lot of homework uh, on my guests and I did this research yeah. and I found this quote which says, you want to help people from being a nothing to someone who has a future destination. Yeah. And when I looked at your story, yeah. you're simply saying you want to enable others do what you actually did, which was come from nothing to there. Yeah. And so if I may give a brief uh, bio here, you've sold duvets, comforters, which I love because if you're going to do business, you have to do it at any level. Any level. Any level. <laughs> so you worked as a bus conductor, yeah. gardener, sales guy in a hardware store, road clearer, construction worker. You hustled out 
by hiring out learning plates. Yeah, I've cleaned toilets before, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. And you worked in an insurance company, cleaning yeah. services, which is almost what you're talking about. Yeah. And finally ended up being a banker. Now, yeah. I've read Arnold Schwarzenegger's story. And I've read many, many stories. Maybe um, yet to read stories. But this n- comes nothing close <laughs> to a story. So, please... Yeah. You tell me about your journey. This is a real life journey. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, here's the thing. I, I, I don't come from, I can't say I come from a very humble background because at some point I think my grandfather, so I was, so I was one of those children that were rejected by their father. Yeah. So when, not really by my father, but my father's family. Uh, so there's a story in the background, you know, that I was taught when my father died. I think my father died when I was, uh, should be five or six when I was studying in grade one. Uh, so my, my mother, my grandmother, they, they took me there and said, oh, my, my father and my mother were not, were not married. So they took me to their family and... Uh, they said, oh, okay, so your son has left this, this child here. What, do you, what, what plans do you have for him? They looked at me. Uh, I, I'm told they, they, they didn't see a future in me, you know. So they rejected me and said, no, we have no business to do with that child. So uh, they said, cool. That's how they, 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 they took me. And that's the reason why I don't bear my father's son the son name I have, my name is from my mother's side. Okay. Yeah, that's my grandfather's name. So my grandfather was some, some rich dude in the village. You know, mm. he was a headmaster of some school. Shan Shan, he had quite a number of children. And then, yeah, so I come from, from used to own um, uh, hammer mills, businesses, farming, and things like that. So he was, he was, he was a big man, I think, yeah. Then he had this huge family. So at some point, life started hitting us. Uh, death started coming across the family. People started dying from nowhere. You know. And I found myself in a space where I had to, you know, leave the place. My mother got married to a certain man uh, who became my stepfather, a very good man. Uh, I treasure that man. He was a preacher. He was an elder in the church. Very loving man who would have father to son conversation. People never used to, to know that he was my my stepfather. So I would uh, have interesting conversations where he would push me and tell me you've got to be number one, you've got to be the best. He was a police officer, but he told me I never want you to end up a police officer. The, the least you can get is a minister or something. You, mm-hmm. you need to to end a sport in the country, you need to be important, you need to be relevant, you need to help others and things like that. Yeah, but then along the way, uh, so my mother died, um, and then uh, my mother's family thought this guy is living with his stepfather, who is a member, and members are known to be thieves. So <laughs> I was young by then, and they said, no, no, let's, let's bring him back to his roots because he will grow up um, thinking that's his family, but that's not your family, man. So. They were still here, and you don't know where it comes from. I was a genius kid when I was very young. I don't know if I'm, I'm still, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so, pass number one, I, would, uh, I was a very brilliant chap 
high school, basic school. So that's how I went back to Western Province. Things got worse. Uh, up to now, I'm still looking for my stepfather. Just to say thank you to what he did. The seed that he planted in me. Is he still alive? I don't know. There were rumors. There are rumors that he, he passed on. I still don't believe because I haven't been to his grave. I hope I meet him one day or I just meet where his grave is. So, yeah. Uh, so, people started dying from my mother's side and uh, me with my grandmother only. I got to a point where my friends would just come to my house and, uh, you know, donate food. There was two food from their parents and bring to my house to feed me. So that's how bad it became. And in, I remember in grade 11, I ran out of school money. So I saw myself not finishing school, high school. Then I saw an opportunity. So there was a club uh, in school, conservation club, which used to sponsor people on two criteria. So you have to be interested in their club. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to also be good in class. So those two things, based on those two things, they will put you on sponsorship. And then conservation is all about nature, you know, planting trees, stuff yeah. like that. I had no business with trees, man. I didn't, I didn't love nature, I didn't love trees. Of course I loved what God created, but that, I, I wasn't interested in nature at that. But then I saw an opportunity, I said, if I can get serious with this thing, I can get free sponsorship, right? Because that will put you, literally put you in body and bear for everything. Right. So I suddenly, out of nowhere, you know, expressed interest. Mm. in conservation and I worked hard in that club in grade 11 yeah. people would go on holidays I would remain in school watering plants I planted a number of trees around yeah. the school and me and the teacher was in charge of water during the holiday everyone is gone just me and me but that was that was like he didn't even know that I was there for sponsorship he just saw a guy passionate about nature and trees <laughs> and all these things. So he loved me so much. But then for me, I wasn't even... It was just sponsorship I needed. So, but then I, 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 I fell in love with these things. They started making sense to me. And I was made captain of the club in Good Level. So, um, they were asked, were asked to do a report. The school was asked to do a report. So the teacher said, the teacher said, uh, all you great jobs, we want someone to do a report, a newsletter about what's what's going on here. So the great job gave excuses. I think it was just an issue of English. Chizong is now the channel, guys. Mm-hmm. So they started giving excuses. No, we are busy preparing for exams. We've got no time for such things. I said, let me take up the challenge. So that's how I took up the challenge. All the great jobs felt. So grade 11, Poor boy like me, you know, took up the challenge. I said, I'll write it. So I started writing the newsletter. Uh, so the sponsors of the conservation club came. Uh, they took pictures of me, shine, shine, shine. And they took a report and it went, it went to Netherlands. So when it went to Netherlands, they were impressed with the work that we did. And they brought 30 computers. That, that was Kalabo High School. Western province. Up to now, when you go to Kalabo High School, you find my pictures there with uh, on, on, on the computer lab. So we were the first school 
that received modern computers in the whole lot of Western province as a result of the newsletter that I wrote. Okay. Yeah, in grade 11. So I was monitor, and then I was told, oh, okay, can you assist, uh, teach your friends how to operate a computer? Because back then, a computer was a big thing. It was, listen, Kaloba is not, it's now that it's being modern. Back then, it was uh, it's like a village. So I had to learn how to type fast, how to operate a computer, because now I had to show an impression that I know this stuff, right? <laughs> and now I, and I can teach. So that's how I pick it up and uh, started teaching some people. So after that, uh, we went for elections. Gretos were handing over their prefectorial positions. So I was nominated. So the head teacher said, we're giving you a new position. You are going to be the first computer lab and conservation club prefect. So that was like my special position, reward for the things that I did. And they picked four of the best, I mean, they picked ten of the best in school to go for interviews to, to apply for that sponsorship that I was talking about. Yeah. So I qualified among the ten, went for interviews. The only mistake that you can make is to call me for interviews. If you don't want to give me that job or whatever it is, don't call me for interviews. If you call me for interviews, I'm going to kill it. I'll nail it. I'll tell you what you want to hear. So when I was called for interviews, it was a breaking point for me. Breakthrough moment. I prepared for it and done research. So every question was like, I would hammer it to the nail. So... I passed the interviews and uh, they picked best five in school, so I was among those. And that's how they put me in school, in Gordon. So they paid, they paid my uniforms, prefectorial uniforms, paid everything. Food, staffs, paid my exam fees, everything. That's how I completed my grade 12. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so after I completed my grade 12, um, prior to that, in grade 10, so I, I grew up with this thing that... Uh, accountants are smart people, they've got money, they work in very good environments, you know, and uh, they live a good life. So when I was getting into grade 10, the only thing that was in my mind was accounts. Like, because I hear these guys only work in banks, aircons, shan shan, I love the way they look, smart look, shan shan. I said, I want to be an accountant. So when I went to grade, to grade 12, I asked the administrative officer, put me in a class where there's accounts. When they checked through, they discovered the two classes that had accounts, both of them did have biology. Then I said to her with biology, I have no business with biology, just give me accounts. <laughs> so up to now, if you ask me even where the heart is or the liver, I don't know. I never did biology. So it's the part that beats. Just that's where your heart is. That's <laughs> on your left side, if you touch there, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a beating part. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I'm learning most of these stuff or most of these you know medical terms for the first time because I never did biology because of accounts. So I was one of the best account students uh, in, in high school. Mm. Yeah, so I'd be number one, number two, number one, number two. So after I finished, the goal was to become to do accounts and then become an accountant. That was my goal. Okay. So for me, the definition of success by then was. Just work in an environment that's good, get good money, get a house, get a car, you know, have a good wife and, uh, you know, enjoy life. <laughs> so that was my definition of success then. So that was the thing that was driving me. So when I completed school, I wanted to come to, come to Zika's or whatever 
CPU while they were offering accounts, but I had no money. Mm. So that's how I ended up trying things. So I left Mongo. Actually, I left Kalabo as a grade 12, came to Mongo. Uh, so my friend called me, I know you want a job, come and work for me. As I worked in, for him in the hardware, my salary was uh, 300 kwacha. He, he didn't pay me, he paid me with clothes because he used to keep me. Uh, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't pay me, not even a single one. Ngwe, because I was staying at his mother's place, so literally he was feeding me. So he gave me clothes as payment. So from there, I've uh, got some relatives in Livingston who are in ZAF, so they called me, uh, try and come and join ZAF. So I applied there, so the first... ZAF being the Zambia Air Force, right? Yeah, Zambia Air Force, so I wanted to be a soldier. I didn't want to be a soldier, but you know, when, <laughs> when things when get to the worst, anything that comes, <laughs> you just, you know, go for it. So I went there to try and become a soldier, so we applied, and I was picked, uh, the first appointment, so we picked, and then we went for up to test. So. During that time, when we were waiting for the final results, then I used to stay home like the whole time, just watching TV, and maybe just move around with friends. So my uncle tells me, are you able to work as a casual worker? I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I didn't even know what it meant. I just wanted something to do. Right. Yeah. So I was like, no, I can do it. I can do it. So he was like, ah, sure. Because he's a smart guy, right? A smart guy coming from school, uh, hungry for success, looking like he's intelligent and stuff like that. and. Uh, bigger dreams and bigger vision. So, okay, okay, let's go. So I have a friend of mine, by then it was the MMD government. So she had a contract with the MMD government to clean the roads. So okay. she had to clear the roads in Livingston. So he said, I'm taking you there tomorrow in the morning. So me, I didn't know what it meant. So I wore my, my, my shirt, nice shirt, mm -hmm. nice trousers. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start work, right? right. <laughs> when I appeared on the scene, the place where I was called to go and work. The owner looked at me and she laughed. She said, have you come to work? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, who told you this is the kind of attire that we need here or these are the kind of people that we need here? I said, what do you mean? He says, you are slashing, my guy. You are slashing. You are cleaning the roads. You're going to be clearing the roads. I was like, oh, okay. I can do it. So that's how I changed my outfit. They gave me something else and then I had to change my my attire, and then we started slashing. So you slashed like for kilometers, I can't remember how long that was, but then you're paying, you paid 15 kwacha a day. So that's how I, you know, I, I started slashing. I remember I played the first day mm -hmm. because of the sun. Um, so I stopped, I paused, I knocked off, the following day I came, I played again. <laughs> yeah, blood came out. And they said, no, you can't do this. Uh, maybe your body is delicate or something. So that's how I felt to work. <laughs> and then I went home, stayed a bit. Another opportunity came up. He asked me, can you, can you work with the Chinese? I said, why not? Let's do it. So that's how I went to Kazungula border. So they were building a web bridge. So the web bridge that is there right now, we built that name. Mm. We built that. We built the foundation of that. So there was a bush and people used to use it and the toilet, there were thorns, there were trees. And now these guys are trying to clear the bush and create a web bridge. So I was one of the people that were employed there, fresh from school. That, that time, 
that's, that was the most, one of the hardest moments in my life because um, I saw myself going nowhere. Okay. I had no sponsorship, had no money to go to school. And uh, here I am struggling, you know, trying to make ends meet, trying to see if I can make some money to go to school. So I went there and uh, the Chinese would laugh at me because they, they are strong guys. Those guys can work. They don't play. They work day and night and they're always in motion. So if you hold a wheelbarrow and you move on it, you don't have to move with it walking. You have to be running all the time. And then me, I was weakening a bit, so I would uh, showcase my laziness. And they'll be there, Mundia, too much laziness. You, too much lazy. You need school, not job, job. You go to school too young. So I'll be like, I would love to do that, but you know, I I don't have money, so let me work. So I worked. Okay. Um, cut the long story short, I, after some months, I think I, I stopped because apparently I started doing a lot of prayers in the morning. So to come, when I come for work, Chinese would manifest demons in my presence. Yeah. So I started telling me, stop going to church. And then I said, no, this is, God is everything to me. I said, no, stop. God didn't give you a job. We gave you a job. So you stopped going to church. So they fired me. So when they fired me, Kazungola is near Bosona. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to be a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> so the little money I, 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 I got from them, I, we actually used to sleep on, there were no beds there. Just my plank, actually, just wood. Mm-hmm. And then you put sacks there as a bed sheet and blanket. Never blankets. Yeah. And then there was a family I begged to just be eating from there. Yeah. Because I was paid 15 kwacha every day. Yeah. So 15 kwacha times 30 days, I don't know how much that is. But that's like lunch money. So you can't sell anything. Yeah. So the certain family took me in, they started feeding me, and then I'll keep that 15 kwacha. That's how I collected some money. I went to Botswana, bought two duvets, came to Lusaka uh, as a businessman. So that's how you move from Livingston to Lusaka to yes, come and bring yes. the duvets to Yes, sell. so that I can sell, make some more money, go back, and then come back again so that I can make more money, right? So when I came here, I came here in general. I think that was 2011. And people were complaining about no school. So taking money to school, children, so you can only pay after two months, after three months. I was like, I'm a businessman. If you're going to have to... <laughs> Pay me after two months, then my business will go down. So I stayed. So I think I overstayed at a place where I was um, staying, some of my relatives somewhere. So they started giving me an attitude. You know, you wake up in the morning, because I told them I'm just here for a week. Mm. But then they started changing, you know, after I stayed there for more than two weeks. Yeah. So hang around there, they'll deny you food, they'll not greet you. So I would, I would leave the place, go to the mountain, spend my whole day at the mountain, then come back, sleep, suffer, sleep, go back. And then I met a man of God at the mountain who I used to love listening to when he's teaching. Because I was very careful, you know, meeting prophets, and I met a lot of people at the mountain. So, uh, but this man, when he teaches the word, something used to move in me. I said, let me follow this man. 
And then one time I tell him, ah, I'm in a bit of a dilemma, I don't know what to do, what does God want me to do, I'm looking for my purpose. I know I'm a great person, but I don't know how to get to that greatness. So can we do some prayer? So we went to six miles, we prayed, and then God showed me a vision. God showed me a vision, but I doubted myself because I didn't know how God spoke. So he showed me a vision of me going to school and someone sponsoring me. So when the man of God said, uh, has God showed you anything? I said, no, no, he hasn't showed me anything. Because I wasn't confident enough in what I saw. So I told me God wants you to go to school. But I need you to move from where you are right now to my place. I didn't know that. I thought his place was the greener pasture, right? So that's how I put my things from the other relatives. And I joined him. Guess where we went? We went in the market. One room. No toilet, no bathroom. One plate, one spoon, one blanket. Everything was one, 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 one. And we stayed there. And the man of God just used to pray and fast and read the word. Nothing else. He, he used to do some business, but he stopped. According to him, God called him to do ministry. So he, <laughs> he, for, he forgot everything and just started praying. So he spent most of his time at the mountain. And then people are giving him like, my seeds. I'm telling quarter, telling quarter. That's what he uses to, to live. To live. <coughs> so I joined him in that lifestyle. So you have a question? Man? Yeah, I'm curious. Um, at this point, uh, it, where are you in terms of um, you have this? You had this vision after school where you want to go, you want to do accounts yeah. and all this, and then you have gone through the most challenging situations. Yeah. You've ended up in places you don't want to end up, and whether it's by intervention or by circumstance, you keep moving. Yeah. one point. But where are you at this point mentally? Um, do you, would you say you, you're still harboring the hope of where you want to go? Or I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what, where you're so, at at this point. So there, um, I'm desperate. Okay. Yeah. I'm desperate. Uh, I'm not happy with where I am. Um, I'm scared to fail, you know. As I have a lot of hope in God this time around. And I want God to come in and just do some miracles for me. That, that's my space right there. Yeah. So, yeah, so this month uh, we, we stay together. And first night we eat because, you know, when you have a visitor, no matter how broke we are, you have to make sure that you impress them first mm -hmm. night. Right? So the first night we eat, nice meal. Second day I'm expecting this breakfast, no breakfast. Lunch, no lunch. Following day, something like that. And I said, this is the lifestyle. So I had to adjust and switch and just adapt to that environment. So we fast every day. Okay. Uh, was, from his perspective, what was... Um, Obviously, you're desperate and you're in survival mode. But yeah. was there something about that situation or that uh, man that you believed mm -hmm. was taking you somewhere or closer to destiny? Or it was just about survival? I believed... I believed that God was using him to uh, get me back to my right place in terms of faith. Okay. Because I'd given up. I was giving up. And I was dying. 
Literally. So my source of strength is faith and hope in God. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But then I was in an environment where that was constantly being killed. In the other environment. It's constantly being killed. So when your faith begins to die, you begin to die as a human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I needed to get back that faith in God to say no matter where I am and what I'm going through right now, things will be alright. I needed the word of God, I needed prayer, and I needed someone to encourage me. And he did that for you? He did that for me. Okay. And in the moments where you have no meals and you have... Yeah. We, we lived in the way. Man shall not live <laughs> on bread alone, but by the word of God that proceeds. So every day. So sometimes it would be funny, right? Like yeah. you're looking at each other and there's no food. And you know I talk about food. And he brings out scriptures. <laughs> and he's teaching you and he's making you smile. But you both know that we are in a bad situation right now. Yeah. Okay, so how did you move from where you were at that time? I would just interrupt the story. Yeah. How, how you move from where you were in that moment yeah. and gone on to the next bit? So there a man found us. There was a man who used to assist people in hospitals. Because we used to pray for mm -hmm. people in hospitals. The man of God was so anointed. used mm -hmm. to anointed, right? But then there's a man who had so much passion for, for the the poor, he would help give food. He had a bus. So then he would, would pray. He would come and give patients and the people that are keeping them food and money and things like that. Then he would give us some food as well. And then he came to me and told me, how my son, who I've been working with as a bus conductor, is not here. He's gone back to Kau. So I want you to come and be my bus conductor. Since you're not doing anything, all you do is pray. I believe that this is one of the channels that God wants to use to Place yeah, so you move from there into now. Yeah. Okay. And where, where, um, where is the man that you are with? In that he's there. Where, where is he? Is it? He's alive. Which no, the the man that the you. The driver. Was, no, no, the one you were spending. The man the time, of God. Yeah, praying. He's around. Okay. What has he's he done? Uh, he's he's a bishop now. Okay. Yeah, doing great things for God. Yeah, I I'm, I'm still with him. All right. Yeah, because by then he didn't have a church. Now he has a church, so I served under his church. Right. So, okay. So we, we have a story together. Right, amazing. Yeah. So I became a bus conductor. And he remained in the market. Yeah, he remained in the market. But then I started, you know, bringing a bit of some money. Okay. Right? Like I would get a 20 quarter. Oh, well, you still stayed with him? I still stayed okay. with him. Yeah. And then, so when my relatives heard that my bus conductor in Osaka, they, they got pissed off. Like, we haven't failed you. He wanted to become a teacher and I didn't want to be a teacher. So come back to Mongo. So I left him, I went to Mongo, applied for teaching, and I was rejected at some local college in Mongo. I was rejected, man. I don't know what criteria they use, but <laughs> I wasn't picked. So I went, I told them, this thing is not working out. Let me just go and hustle. Because I didn't want to be kept my, 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 my grandmother. I felt she sacrificed a lot for me. And it was time for me to just work hard and start giving back to her. So anywhere near her, it was giving back time for me. So I didn't want to see anything come out of her hand to just feed me. It, it made me feel bad. So if it means me going on the street to just go and make my life better and support her, I'll do that. So I left her again. Okay. Came here. Yeah. 
And then now that's where the same guy I used to work for as a gardener he introduced me to his cousin who is doing fine here and he tells me go and work there you might find something. Yeah. That's how I came to Osaka and I started working as a gardener. I was working for that lady. Okay. So you know this journey what what drove you what what was the biggest driving force so the biggest driving force for me i have always believed that god has a greater destiny for me mm-hmm. and i've always wanted to live life to the fullest right everything that god put in me i wanted to release it okay so i've always wanted to help people but i can't help people if i if me myself need help yeah so i've always wanted to do well in life mm-hmm. so that i can help other people okay yeah and uh you obviously encountered different types of people through this journey from back when you school uh, who made the most impression in, on your life i think the man of god okay more than your stepfather you'd say uh, i think they are just part they just part because my stepfather did a lot when i was young mm-hmm. yeah he became a father figure like you 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 feel i have a father right and he shows you the ways of the man yeah yeah and and that gave you the desire to really fight on and move on even when sometimes it didn't have yeah, it in you because because when i saw the relationship between my stepfather and my mother it was so perfect that i desired marriage as well okay and that's the reason why i have vowed said when i get married i'm going to be the best the best husband and the best father to my children because of the relationship that I saw between my mother and my father. Like, I, I'd never seen those guys quarrel. If one is upset, one will be seated, and the other one is just talking, talking, talking. When they're done, they're concerned. And then, yeah, you see love. If the other time it's my mother was done something wrong, the man will be speaking, she'll just be quiet. But the whole time, quiet. All right. No, no exchange of words. I'd never seen them fight. So, for me, that, that brought about... It gave me the importance because I came from a healthy home, even right. though he was not my biological father. But that was a healthy house and healthy home for me. So it's an environment where I was very healthy, and that's the reason why I used to do well in school. And I looked at life in ceremony because I was fathered or being brought up by his best parents. Yeah. You know, that's really special for you to say those words of someone who wasn't your biological father. And, you know, coming from a healthy home, yeah. for someone who was rejected by the family of their father is, an, is a big deal, you know that's what I mean? True. And a healthy home isn't always a home that has everything that no. we need. It has nothing to do with all the problems. Those things are important, yeah. but the values, you know? We didn't have a, we, we didn't even have a car. <laughs> right. There was no car at home. Yeah. But I felt like we were rich. Yeah. Like we had everything. Everything was there. Because of the love and the healthiness. Like the environment, it was so spiritual, it was calm, it was everything was on point. And I would love that for my house, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
It'll soon be on that journey, I suppose. <laughs> I'm looking for that special one. <laughs> yeah. Now, this, it, when I listen to your story, and the more I, I dug deep into you, yeah. I, I mean, everyone goes through challenges, but the amount of challenges you are overcoming, the things that you had to to go through, the places you had to go, the people you had to meet. And I mean, obviously on this show, we are not bad-mouthing anybody, yeah. and you're talking about the people that made an impact in your life. Yeah. But obviously you made different sorts of people. So you, you, who even were rough on you and tough yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah. So this whole journey was tough, and yeah. it, it almost feels like at some point, I suppose, you feel like it would never end. Yeah. But there were times, obviously, that you felt like you wanna give up or you were depressed, and you, you you maybe you shouldn't go on the end of the road things. and all that. Uh, so tell me about how that uh, time was for you in terms of your mentors, because if if you've listened to many of my shows, I really bring out the reality of how I. Um, the mindset uh, yeah. is a key aspect of how we, we portray ourselves, but also it has an impact on our journey. Like um, yeah. mental health is real. Mm-hmm. The ups and downs can change your life mm-hmm. for the worst or for yeah. the better in terms of how you do Tell me about your experience from that journey in terms of mental health and also in terms of what you... Um, how you deal with mental health now in a different space of life? So, let, let, me, let me tell you something. Um, I was born alone, right? Right. I was born alone. So You're the only child? Yeah. Okay. So, in that moment, um, I, would, I would feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And it never used to get to me that much because I was busy fighting for my life. Right. It's just now when I realize, oh, there's no one here. Where's, where are my sisters and my brothers, you know? <laughs> because I'm a bit comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. But in that moment, it was an issue of life and death. Okay. It's either I live successfully or I just die. Die trying. Mm. Like 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get rich or die trying. So... In that moment, I can't lie to you, I'll be broken down sometimes. Um, I'm a strong guy, so I'll not cry. But uh, I'll, I'll be thinking, what's wrong with me? Mm. Uh, does God love me? Uh, what did I do? Who did I offend? Who did my parents offend? Maybe it's my parents. So, but I would always rush to, to the Word of God. I think the Word of God has been a pillar of strength because it's always given me an identity. So every time I looked at myself outside the world, I'll break down because then other people of, of my age, people were not going through what I was going through. So I, I would always look for something to cheer me and bring me back to life. And it was just the word, just the word of God. Yeah. But, uh, my mental health issues, once in a while they'll be there, you know, I'll be depressed a bit, think hard, remember my mother, remember my stepfather, you know, remember my grandmother, yeah, 
that uh, it was an issue of life and death. So I would not dwell on, on, on that a lot because I'm busy fighting for success and uh, better life. Okay. And, you know, I saw one of your shows and you were talking about um, the prevalence. There's a period, I mean, it's still going on when yeah. there's a lot of suicides for pastors yeah. and all that. And I saw that you covered that aspect on, on, uh, on the shows and the prevalence of suicides. Um, tell me about how you, this, you doing that show and addressing that issue has impacted your view on mental health. Um, my last guest, uh, Mandy, also a believer, mm. uh, uh, we, we talked about, um, there are some believers who literally say there's no, Christians don't go through mental health. Oh. But you going through that <laughs> and seeing, um, as you're addressing this issue on your show, <clears throat> how has that impacted your view on uh, mental health? Uh, so let, 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 me, let, me, let me say something really um, I think most of the time believers are not real. Christians are not real. They always try to hide through the Bible and through the church. Agreed. Because there's this faith message that is a bit, I don't know, I don't want to call it deceptive, but... It is deceptive. In my it is view. deceptive? Yes. Yeah. So people don't want to open up because they'll be viewed as being weak <laughs> and having lack of faith or lack of belief in God. But it's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. Um, my view now is there are a lot of believers who need to talk to someone. A lot of them. They need to talk to someone. Um, they're lonely. Uh, they're broken. Uh, they're going through issues. But when you come out to another believer, Another believer will tell you, all is well. <laughs> you know, uh, he'll see you through the fire, quote scriptures for you. But when, when they say what you need is just money, I, I need money to buy me. <laughs> Real know? problem. Yeah. Just give me a hundred kosher, I go and buy a bag of million. But then when you come out like that, they'll think you have backslidden or you don't have faith anymore. And they're going through a lot. They're not being realistic. So for me, that was eye-opening for me. Because we have this perception about men of God. They are powerful people. They are, but they are, they are, they are men before the God factor. Human beings. Yeah. There's, 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 a, there's a fleshly part of them. You know, they need to eat. They need to be happy. They need to be loved. And most of them feel used because we only call them when they are problems. But then when I've got a Benz and I'm driving, I want to call a man of God and say, let's go for a ride, you know. But if I'm involved in an accident, the first person I'll call, I'm in an accident, I'm about to die, pray for me. You know, so my view now is believers are going through a lot of issues and they don't want to open up. But they definitely need to talk to someone. Let's just be real. And that's the reason why I bring the real life show. Like, don't just cover up with some things. Man. Just come in the open and be real. Yeah. Because um, the, the thing is, uh, as human beings, in fact, there's a verse I always refer to where Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. Yeah. But don't be discouraged, I have overcome the world. Yeah. There's, 
this I call it motivational speaking. Yeah. More, now more than ever, based on your deceptive kind of faith preaching, where the kingdom of heaven is meat and drink. Everything yeah. hap- goes well. Yeah. Believers don't die, don't have yeah. cancer, don't get broke, don't yeah. go through things. And if you go through any of those things, maybe you are not a real Christian. Yeah. But in reality, if you really biblically look at the Bible and mm. things from a biblical perspective, mm. you see that <laughs> hey, this, this world has nothing <laughs> Job, to offer. Job, Job is an example. Yeah, but even in the modern, in time, the times of Jesus, yeah. uh, people are going through the thing. The, he was reaching out to non-believers and people yeah. who were part of his circle, Lazarus and his family, Mary and all those people. And they had real problems. They had death. Yeah. They had uh, um, sickness and all those things. And even more so, believers don't uh, talk about the struggles in marriages. They're real. No, yeah, they're very real. And everyone, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're very real. And then the other aspect is we are not perfect people. We fall down, we get up. So I'm very, and I, that's the reason that my podcast is about yeah. bringing the reality and it starts yeah. with me yeah. and being able to share my own struggles, yeah. being able to share what real people go through, go through yeah. Yeah. and the fact that we all need somebody, like you yeah, said. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. And so with you and your challenges, whether it's at work, whether it's um, through your pursuit of your journey and your goals. How do you practically deal with with this mental health, or can I say moments of depression, yeah, moments yeah, of yeah, this guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about in the present, like now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like you're immune from them just because yeah, you went I, I through still, it. Yeah, how still, do you practically deal with? You know, even now, let, let me tell you something funny, right? It's not funny, but it's real. Um, I was depressed and I was damaged. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not laughing because it has never happened to me, but I'm laughing because now I'm older and married. I don't know yeah, if it's exactly. And uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so my wife hopefully doesn't dump me, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so dumb, yeah. So like, so a guy like me who's, who's, who's born alone, right? Um, mm-hmm. When I meet a girl I love, I love them so much, so bad, <laughs> that they become everything to me. You know, I'm an orphan, no mother, no father, no brother, no sister. Mm-hmm. And then I have a few friends. But when I meet someone I love, they become my girlfriend. They become my every they replace. They almost replace. They don't replace, but they almost like replace. So that they they fill in a big void. You understand? They become everything. Like I just feel I'm with someone in this world. Mm. Again. But when they dump me, oh my god, it's devastating. I literally just shut down. It affects my work, it affects my creativity. I just shut down from them. And I'm about to tell, like, mm, this dude is going for something. Because I can't even, I'll smile, but it will be fake. So, <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. I won't ask how many times that has happened. No, I don't have to. I don't have to. But yeah. obviously, it's it's a it's a very difficult thing to be rejected. It, yeah, but it um, is. is is it how I do it? Right. Yeah. How I do that is so I get to 
see some people who are close to me and just talk to them. I have people I go to and I just cry, you know, uh, lean on their chest and I say, you know, I'm, I'm heartbroken right now and I need you to just be there for me. Even if you don't talk, you don't say anything, but just just be, be around. So I don't like to be to be alone when I'm when I'm in that space because I think a lot and it's not a good space for me when I'm alone and I'm going through some stuff. Mm. So I have to be around someone who's going to just talk to me, encourage me, just bring like a light moment. You know, I go out, we have you know drinks, uh, not talking about alcohol, you know, coffee, soft drinks, some fresh fresh away from home and what's going through. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how I do it. So I just find myself around people who are you know, happy and they encourage me. <laughs> so so, so you, you like working out and yeah. you work out in the gym a lot. Does this also like practically help you? Is this something that keeps you going? Yeah, so, so, so working out, when I started working out, I started working out a very long time ago, I think in, in grade 9 or something. The idea was to have big biceps then when I started working out. But I discovered every time I worked out, I felt better yeah. and it gave me confidence. And I could see people would say, ah, you look nice, ah, you, you look confident. Yeah. So in high school, uh, people would fear me. Grade 10, but grade 12 would fear me. I said, ah, oh, this is a good thing. But then now, I went on break, but then when I regained that, I started doing it. It's, it's like a therapy for me. So because my, my body, I feel like I overwork myself sometimes. So I find that my body becomes weak. So I'll be lazy. But when I wake out, like I'm energized, I'm refreshed, my mind is refreshed. And it, it's, it's, it's an alone moment for me as well where I reflect on things. I do a lot of reflection and I listen to stuff, podcasts, you know, inspirational stuff in the gym. So, and then it gives me a lot of Confidence, refreshment. I feel it's, it's it's a creative moment for me when I'm in the gym. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and I, I also don't like the tummy. <laughs> Naturally, I have a big tummy, so I, oh okay. So working in the gym makes me at least regular. I'm immune size. from that. I'm a yeah, toned nice. down person. Even when I'm not working out, I look. Yeah, but uh, your wife should be happy. No, I was six pack. No, I'd be more happy if. Uh, if I had more of a, a pocket pack. <laughs> I need more of, of deep pockets than a six pack. But yeah, I, 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 I noticed like you, you really disciplined about your workouts and, and personally it helps, work, working out helps you to kind of uh, keep your mind and body yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah, and too much, too much. It's, it's magic, man. It's magic. It's, it's medicine for me. It's yeah. medicine for me. Okay. So stepping away from uh, the mental health aspect, um, talk me through your idea of the real life yeah. and um, what sort of uh, equipment you use with that. The real life show. How did you come up with that idea? Obviously, you want to help people. You want to share yeah. a story. But yeah, so so the real life show came during COVID. I was on leave and I was doing nothing. So there are, there are ideas that have come in my mind and I didn't execute them. And I saw someone execute them and I was hurt because it started making a lot of money. 
And God told me, once I drop something in you and you don't do it, I'll give it to someone else and mm-hmm. they'll do it. Yeah. So when the real life show dropped, I was like, God, this one. If it means starting with whatever, 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 I'll just start. Yeah. So I started. So um, the idea was to just provide information, share stories, relevant information, but it is transform, tran- transformation. Because I discovered, I think, social media is populated with uh, drama, you know, comedy, you know, stuff that is not empowering, gossip, mm-hmm. hate. Uh, but I said, we are a product of what we are exposed to. Mm-hmm. So if our children only find this content here, and then Facebook is like the biggest thing in Zambia. So our yeah. children are on Facebook, everyone. So if that's the only thing we're going to find, then where are we going to get the real principles, principles of life, respect, values, all those things? Who is, who is giving us that, that information? No one. So let me be that person. You know? So that's how I started the real life show. So uh, firstly, I got to a studio and I told them this is what I want to do. And they charged me. They shot, it would take three months, two months to edit one video. <laughs> I got upset. So I started, started learning how to do it by myself. So now I just use a phone and a microphone. I ordered a microphone online. Mm-hmm. So everything that you do, that you see on the real life show, is done using a phone. Nothing. This stuff that you have here is more expensive than the stuff I use. No, I have like a couple, <laughs> couple of mics and a laptop. That's pretty much my Yeah, setup. I don't use a laptop, man. I just use a phone. So everything I So do, even the videos that you do. Those videos are shot using this. The they don't system. look anything like they're shot with a phone. I thought you have a, a webcam or something no, of that sort. It's an expensive phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. It's a simple phone. Oh, but everything I, is, I did know that. The way the setup is done is completely yeah, Everything is a phone. So the phone, I use an app for the phone. Everything, I just use my phone. Okay. And, yeah. and how do and you do And then I'm microphone. So, so, so my microphone... So the microphone is inserted directly to the to the phone. So there's no separation between video and audio. Okay. So once you record, it's done. It's done. All right. And and what type of uh, do you use two microphones or one microphone? So it's it's one cable. Right. But it's got two mics. Okay. It's yeah, and got cord lapel mics. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So um, when I was. Uh, coming up with the idea of starting a podcast, yeah. I, I I listened to a friend of mine introduced me to Tim Ferriss a while back mm-hmm. uh, for other stuff like yeah. that he talked about. Tim Ferriss has done the four-hour work week, the four-hour, I think, cookbook or something like that. He, mm-hmm. But he's really, he has most downloads on podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I was so inspired by how simple his setup is. No complicated equipment. And so he has a tool that he calls um, I I forget them now but uh, you you use it it's like a recording device. Mm. I can't, for some reason I can't recall the name. But anyway, so you you record it it's almost like a a dictaphone, right? Yeah, so you can carry it anywhere. And, and, and when when in digital world, so yeah. things don't need to be complicated. Yeah. If you can do stuff using your laptop only, your phone yeah. only, you don't need a big studio. All you need is just content creation. Yeah. And the following will come. They don't care what you what you yeah. use. It's amazing. I had no idea that you just use your phone <laughs> because when I see the videos, the quality. Obviously, 
you're doing editing, but there's nothing moving or shaking. It's yeah. fixed, and you yeah. can focus on content. And I, I had no idea. It's just one. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I did see in some videos there were some like people with uh, microphones. Yeah. You know those small microphones. Like ah, this might, this guy must be using complex. Yeah. Like, he's got him in the pin, pin, pin over microphones yeah. and all that. I'm like okay. So that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, stuff, so, but how do you go about um, the process of selecting your guests? Um, so, my, my and how you approach which topics you're gonna talk about? So, I've got segments because the idea, and I think I didn't answer this question. Where, where, where is the real show going? Yeah. So, the idea is to create a platform, yeah. which is generally on real life. So, people tell stories. That's how you go in marketing. We just want to know how did you become successful in that space? Yeah. Or if you're a footballer and you've made it to the top, how did you become successful? So you just tell us your story because there's a quote that says uh, by Bishop David Oedepong, the secrets of great men are hidden in their stories. So if you can tell me your story, then I'll know oh, he did this for him to become this. So one segment is called My Journey, so people literally just tell their stories. Yeah. And then of course there are strategic questions that I ask the guests that provide the kind of answers that I need. Yeah. yeah. And then also, also topics. So I can, there are certain topics that are close to my heart on marriage, you know, on success and things like that. So I'll say, come and talk about this. Because I've heard you speak about this, maybe you're a motivational speaker and you like talking about purpose. So come and tell us, how do you find your purpose? Yeah. Yeah. So. So for me, my selection is as long as you've made a mark in a certain field, you're gonna come on the show and tell us how you did it. Okay, so you'd approach your guests then. Uh, yeah, you so contact them and then. Yeah, so I'll send them a message on Facebook, uh, or I'll get a number from somewhere. I'll call them, or I'll just bump into them accidentally and I'll talk to them. I'm a sales and marketing guy, so I know how to talk people. Mm, right. <laughs> so I tell them, hey, uh, this is what I have, and I want you to come on the show. Okay. Yeah. And so what among, so far from the topics that you've done, what among them was your favorite topic and who was your best guest? <laughs> because I want to get Kamiza on this show, you must mention Kamiza. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> which which topic um, did you do you like the most? Actually, Mr. Kamiza is one of my favorite. Yeah. That particular interview, I... I personally go back to this and listen to it over and over again. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's an amazing man. Yeah. Uh, he's great. So he's, he's one of the people that every time I meet him, I learn something new from him. Yeah. He's aware of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Yeah, from, yeah so he's, he's an icon. I respect him, much respect for him. Uh, the other one of my favorites, ah, Jito Kayonga. My friend and brother is is he's, he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a special assistant to the president. He's he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. So I respect him so much. Yeah. So I've I've had quite interesting people, but uh, those two for now. Yeah. Okay. I also liked the one um, for uh, yeah. Mr. Chilua's daughter, what's her name? Oh, the Russian. The uh, Russian. She's not going. She's, yeah, uh, she's I love I love that show. I mean, well, I've got, um, I love the real content. Yeah. Like, if I want to 
listen to experts, I could read their book, but yeah. there's, there's this content that I think I mentioned to, to you when you were, we were talking about your show some time yeah. back, um, yeah. about how I love the content that brings out the stories that you would not find in a book. No, you because people, that. if they're on their platform, their website, yeah. they'll hide out those details. Those details they hide yeah. out are actually the, the details that, that we want to yes. hear yes. because they help. Yeah. So, I, I, I love that one, I think. Yeah, it's one of the, and it's got the highest views. It's got a hundred and something, something yeah. views. Yeah, the um, content was brilliant because she was speaking about things that you'd not normally know. How yeah. children... President's presidents, challenge. yeah, how do they live? How do they live? Yeah. Are they normal and whatnot? Yeah. And the challenges that they go through and she brought out aspects, especially throughout his life after yeah. being a president, yeah. when he was going through all those cases and how it affected them as a family. And yeah. she was blunt and truthful about yeah, it. I like the quote when she says that uh, I wouldn't want to be a politician because even though your intention was yeah. not to change, there's yeah. some point yeah. where yeah. it yeah. changes the who system. you are. Yes. The system automatically exactly. changes your personality. I didn't because expect that. And I, <laughs> because I was like, oh, what can I learn about Jonathan in here? And I was like, okay, let me listen to the show. Yeah. I'll talk to Jonathan later. <laughs> let me listen to Mirosha. Yeah. So, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. So it's great, great, great stuff. I think if you stick with your content and uh, and you don't uh, like compromise, I think you're yeah. gonna yeah it's because you have authenticity. So, yeah, the authenticity yeah. is, uh, yeah. is it's on about So yeah, but tell me more because the real life show is meant to grow into an academy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. tell me about that vision. So, so the idea. So the thing is this. Um, who I am today is as a result of a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, a lot of information, you know, people pouring out. I feel there are certain things that are not taught in school. Yeah. And uh, if we can have an academy of which we are going to have, right, mm-hmm. where we have courses that just talk about success, you know, um, and then experts come and share certain topics that are not taught in the ordinary academic school. Mm-hmm. So it's just a real-life academy. So you come there and we begin to teach you about knowing who you are, defining or identifying or introducing you to you and the things that you have and help you discover who you are and your purpose in life. Because that's where it starts from. Yeah. If you know who you are and know where you're going, then you're on the right path. But most people don't get that information anyway, you know. So right. I just try this, try that, try that, try that. Yeah. And then they end up being frustrated. So my, my definition of success is the pursuit of your purpose. And I'm all about success. If you're on the right track pursuing the right thing, then you're a successful person. Because it's not a destination, right? Yeah. It's a journey. So if we can have a school where we teach the basic principles of life, that's all right. Amazing. Yeah. That's great. Right. We're almost wrapping up. But yeah. as long as you're a guest on my show, I'm going to pop out something that you didn't expect. Oh, awesome. <laughs> nothing embarrassing. <laughs> it's never going to be nothing, anything embarrassing. Yeah. So, as I was just about to wind up doing some homework on you, yeah. something popped up. Okay, awesome. I had no idea you do music. Completely. <laughs> no clue. 
no idea. And then I find a guy named J Scriptures. Yeah, right. <laughs> and J oh Scriptures happens to be you. Now, <laughs> and, and when I say someone who does music, it's not just like you do music because you know I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not too much into music, but I yeah. love instruments. I would love to learn instruments. Yeah. But you do you. I, I'm not sure if you still do it, but you're doing music and you're actually talented at it. And so I found Jay Scriptures. <laughs> Jay Scriptures is a rap artist. Yeah. <laughs> Jay oh Scriptures does yeah. rap music. <laughs> Can you tell me how you came up with the stage name Jay Scriptures first? <laughs> I used to rap a lot of scriptures, man. I used to. My rap was so much word filled. It was so much of Bible content. Right. Yeah. And then the J obviously the J is for Jonathan. Yeah. So initially it was Jonathan scriptures. And it didn't sound hip. It didn't sound <laughs> dumb, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to to leave out the scriptures part yeah. because that was the definition of my rap. Right. So uh, J scriptures. I think it it was like a, like a flaw or something. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how that, that came about. Okay. Yeah. And I listened to two of your tracks. What? Yeah. Where did you find them? Look, I look, I can't share the secrets <laughs> of the trend. I listened to two of your tracks. What? They were pretty good. Which one? Honestly. Good? I'll tell you. Music. I'll tell you. I was pleasantly surprised that... Because I love uh, gospel hip-hop, by oh. the way. So I was like, huh. There's two tracks you did that I really listened to. This is who we are. Yeah, wow. Well, <laughs> and it's a pity. Oh my god. Yeah. Where did you get it's a pity from? <laughs> I've never heard music. Yep. Yeah, so so I, I also wanted to ask you, like, there's a part of it I found like you you were signed to a record label, some sort yeah. of record label, I forget the name, yeah. but uh, I don't know if you ever did an album. No. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I found these two, and I listened to them. I was like, ah, and you're kidding it. I'm like, sky, sky, sky in the bank. Yeah, uh, you know, my show is called the Pretender. I'm like, I should, I should change it. Like, I'm, I need to find more pretenders because you're, <laughs> you're sitting in the bank doing all these things, and doing your show, and inviting other people. And we should be asking you to rap on the show. Right? Every every time you start the show, you rap. Every time you end the show, you rap. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> now that I know, I'm not yeah. going to let you off the hook. <laughs> so tell me, do you do you write? Do you write songs? Yeah, okay. uh, I have I have some songs that I've written. I just packed them. The time I was doing music, I was a broke guy. Mm. Never had money. Tried to approach people to support me. No one came on board. So, mm. yeah, I got frustrated. I gave up and I packed everything. And I said, I'll get back to this later when I feel like. Yeah. But I have, I have some hits, man. I have some hits. Nah, there's, there's tracks where I dope <laughs> if I can talk the language. You know? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. This is who, this is who, this is who we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how long ago was that? 20, so I would drop, I would, I would like record one, one, one song maybe a year, so 2013, 2014, 2015, and 2016. So I did four songs. I actually did five songs from 2013 to 2016. Yeah. yeah. 
So you don't write at all anymore? You don't write music anymore? Sometimes. Uh, so music, I feel it's just an inborn talent thing. So when I'm, I'm working, some lyrics come, some lines come. Write, write for people. I, I think there are people who are maybe good artists, but they have content and quality. Mm, not so much. You write and then they can do it. Uh, but again... I've, I've tried to write for some people. I, I didn't like the delivery. <laughs> so you write something and yeah. then you envision how you want it to come out. Yeah. Just some, this. And then someone becomes weak on your lips. <laughs> so, that they so you tweet yourself. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's that. That's something that I didn't expect. I was like, okay, anything. I also like didn't expect you to bring it up. No, well, I, I, <laughs> why I did? <laughs> I see. No, kudos to you. I respect you for that. No joke. Yeah. So yeah, I like those those drugs. Well, I appreciate you giving me this time, man. It's been real, man. It's amazing it's real. to just have a. A story told. I mean, I think if we had like the whole day, would still not finish your we story. Can't exhaust. We can't exhaust. I, I just ended on being a gardener. I didn't right. even tell you about it, the other things. It's just yeah. those steps going to. But you know what's interesting? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's this, and from my experience, is that you, no matter how much stuff you go through in life, whatever stage of life, whether it was when you are young or yeah. when you are older or now, um, does not guarantee that you not go through other stuff. That's, that's the paradox of life, yeah? That's another pain, man. Uh, that's another pain. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Just, just, just recently when I, when I got, uh, I, I started doing a bit fine. I lost money. <laughs> thousands of money, man. Thousands and thousands of money. And then I keep asking myself, why do I keep making all these mistakes? Like at this level, I'm thinking I should be, I should be a master of something. Like I shouldn't make it. Any. But I've lost money, man. I've lost like sixty-three thousand before. Lost my five P. Lost my my thirty thousand. So it's yeah. Yeah, life life is like that. I mean. First of all, we don't get to choose our circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and we don't get the privilege of comparing with others. We are not allowed to compare, yeah, yeah, yeah. which basically means we have no excuses mm. because you, 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 you look at your circumstances as an individual, like I was born in this situation, I grew up in this situation, I faced this head in life, at least I should get a breather or something, but yeah, life doesn't yeah, work exactly. that way. It yeah. does not work that way. Yeah. And then you, you kind of say, okay, but other people, but what you don't really know is <laughs> what those other people are going through. And sometimes when you get insight into other situations in yeah. life, you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to keep my, my I'll problems. Keep my problems. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to yeah. keep my problems. Yeah. That's what life is like. And, and I think that's why it is hard for me to understand how now mm. that I'm out with my story, it's yeah. difficult for me to understand why people keep fronting mm-hmm. and hiding their pains in life or their challenges in life because every single one of us is going through them, yeah. one level or another. What are you going through? Me? Tell me about you what you're going through. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> if you listen to every single part of my podcast, then you 
you get my story. I would, I, you know, yeah, this I, show I, today is about you. <laughs> but you know, there's every challenge. And I, I, I think if you follow my story and I've shared this in detail from the yeah. first episode, I think you... you yeah, got I listened it. to the first episode. Yeah, the first yeah. episode. I did the second one. And I've spoken to one of what, uh, my other favorite episodes was when I spoke to a friend of mine, Pete, because we went through the similar journey. So mm-hmm. I would explain, you know. And obviously, uh, us having started a yeah. business, you know yeah. how it was. It was up and down. I mean, yeah. you work in the bank. You've seen me when I'm zero yeah. and I'm there. And then, and then you just come with money. And you give me some. I hope you've come with some even now. We're not I'm in gonna, the bank. I'm so. going to walk away with some cash right now. So life can be like that. It's yeah. an oscillation. And sometimes there are times where, like, I'm at the top, nothing can bring me down. <laughs> and the next yeah. moment, like, how did I get here? How am I going to come out? It's valleys and hills, yeah. valleys and hills. And then, like you said, when you find you find the space, the environment, someone to talk to, it helps you through things. Yeah. And part of it is when I share my story, yeah. I want others to share the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's when you listen to others, it's like, no, 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 it's, mm. you're not unique. You're not unique. Yeah. We're all going through this. So what I would do in this situation is this. What would you do in this situation? So you exchange those ideas yeah. because someone may look at your story and say, no, I have no idea how he made it, you know. Yeah. And you look at someone else and like, okay, yes, that stage of life I I managed to go through, but I'm struggling with this stage of yes. life. How are you making it there? Yeah, like, because like for you, it will be marriage soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm searching. Figuring that I'm out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it's 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 one of the goals of this uh, show and this podcast. And now, uh, I like the real show, the real life show, because yeah. it's it syncs with what I'm doing as well. This is beautiful stuff, man. This this has been real, and I I I, I love how you dug some information out there. <laughs> You didn't fancy I would no, bring it up, no, yeah? No, I didn't expect you to come out like that. I didn't expect you. I thought you were coming to me as a friend, you know? Yeah. But then you just yeah. had some deep stuff. Yeah. So it's... this is good stuff. Um, yeah, you're a master of this thing. You, you've mastered it and, and I appreciate that. I'm it's learning. I'm learning every day. It's so. been refreshing. Yeah. It's been real. Love this conversation. Hopefully yeah. we get you back here. No problem. Yeah. I'm, I'm your guy. So anytime... Yeah, you want me out this. Yeah, we get here and we do another one. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks a lot. All the best. All right. What a great, great story. Uh, I was just wowed by the reality of what Jonathan went through, the kind of things that he had to overcome. And I just was amazed at his journey. I mean, before I did the show with him, I thought I got it all. I got a summary of it, but really listening to him in um, person just gave me a different view. I mean, we all go through different things, but Jonathan's story really touched me and I loved how he shared it. Even though we didn't get into much more detail, you could really capture the essence of um, what his story is about. I hope you also got something out of it and You can check out Jonathan on his uh, YouTube channel, The Real Life Show, and I'll put those links right in the episode notes. Well, that does it for this episode of The Pretender Podcast. Please continue to send in your feedback on the contact provided in the episode notes. Please remember to rate and review my show 
And if you don't want to miss an episode, bookmark it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're catching your pods from. Stitcher, AfriPods, Spotify, and you get notifications every time I post an episode. This is the Pretender Podcast. I'm out. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.